the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Max Out Savings Advisors. The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings and nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Good Saturday morning, and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka, and we are talking savings, investments, and your retirement here on the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular and long-lived uh, financial shows. We've been on the air for over 10 years. Our motto and our philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term, to save aggressively and invest conservatively. Yeah, and that's what wealthy people do. That's how they build up wealth, and then they conservatively invest it. You'll oftentimes hear how you know the, the, the some wealthier person is investing in in some, it seems like more risky venture, or typically it's with the small part of their their funds. It, it's not with the lion's share of their money. They, the wealthy people tend to be very conservative and cautious with their money. That's that's how they got there. And you should do the same thing. So you always want to start out with that basic formula, and then 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 go from there. Today we're going to be talking about a number of things. When we talk about some of the big takeovers in the oil patch, we're going to be talking about the markets. Some of the things that are happening uh, this week in Washington, <laughs> fascinating stuff listening to that. And also, uh, you know, what, what's happening in the world today. And, and so, uh, you know, to start out, uh, the, a, a couple things I wanted to, to touch base on is, is the – I listened to the I, – I, I got the habit of listening to a lot of the public hearings on the financial services uh, – House Financial Services Committee. The uh, my good friend Jeb Hensherling was a he, he was a the chairman of, of House Financial Services for a number of years and and so you know it, it, since it's in our business the investment business and uh, really they regulate us it, it's something we paid a lot of attention to the most recent one uh, this week was just uh we have the new chairman which is the democrats have control of the house now so the democrats get well, when you're in control of the house what you get to do is is you you get to uh you're you're the committee chairman and and so the typically it's based on seniority and uh, Maxine Waters is the now house of the financial services committee uh, and so they held hearings they had the heads of the of the uh Citibank Bank America Wells Fargo State Street, Carnegie Mellon, and uh, the I probably missed one in there somewhere, but there was eight of them. And, and, and so it was interesting to hear the talk, a lot of talk. Uh, needless to say, they're much more, much more. Uh, the, the Democrats are, are 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 much more fixated on. Uh, yeah, typically it really wasn't even what are you doing for the poor. I mean, it, it was pretty remarkable in the fact that. Yeah, you know, diversity seemed to be the the big thing on on the committee, and uh, and they had some contentious times and and uh, back and forth. There's still a lot of hurt feelings on all sides over over the the federal government's bailouts, by, particularly by the Federal Reserve of the banks. I don't think the American people on both sides have ever forgiven them for that. And there's interesting, but one of the things, Congressman Duffy of of Wisconsin. Uh, he had some uh, Republican had some pretty tough words for uh, Bank America Chairman uh, uh, Moynihan, and the uh, Bank America is limiting. They're not doing business with manufacturers of guns. Uh, evidently, they had a hundred people somehow affected by guns at their bank, and so they're taking a principled stand. 
And here's the problem. I mean, the hypocrisy of the CEO of Bank America was really breathtaking. It sounds like, oh, my God, 100 people were affected. Clearly, you have to do something. Bank America has over 200,000, somewhere between 200 and 250,000, a quarter of a million employees. And so they have people affected by every single thing out there. And, uh, you know, in one thing after another, Bank America wouldn't be doing with anybody or anything if they were to follow this case. And, and, and so Congressman Duffy of, of Wisconsin pressed uh, CEO Moynihan on this issue as to why, you know, what, what gave him the right to decide – you know, uh, who gets to follow the Second Amendment and if we should have, have the the, the uh, right to bear arms. I mean, where, where does it stop? Are they not going to do business with gun owners? Uh, and, 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 and it's a real concern. It, and this was a concern for us. Full disclosure, uh, we own Bank America for quite a bit of our clients. We own a lot of the stock, and, and it's a concern. When you we in this where you have CEOs of companies coming out and taking principled stands under basically under democratic pressure, and one of the big themes one of the big themes going forward is and we're already seeing it's right now happening under everybody's nose is small radical groups of 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 Democrats in 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 socialists are pressuring big corporations in this country. What they do is you can do it with very small groups of people and just a little bit of money, make it seem like there's a big groundswell to uh to not fund uh to not fund gun owners, to not fund uh people that support uh, that are anti abortion, to not support uh conservatives, to uh, to to not allow banks uh, people that bank that are conservatives to bank and stuff and, and so what they do is they do something and then they 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 engage they they engage a small group of people to create an artificial social media wave in, in to, to to push these people into doing something we're seeing more and more corporations out there now moving to adopt liberal and and in particular socialist uh policies to to appease the people like Maxine Waters and other radicals out there uh Going forward, it, it, and this is something that's concerning us, is, look, we manage people's retirement at Max Out Savings Advisors, and we own, we, own, uh, we own a lot of individual stocks and bonds, and, and we have concerns that, that CEOs, rather than paying attention to their business, are being manipulated by these groups of people. And, and so it, it's bad for business. If there was a boycott of Bank America by conservatives or Republicans or gun owners, it would be a big problem out there. And, and the answer for Bank America, if you're CEO, is, look, we don't get involved in politics. We do business with all sides. I believe if you're a major U.S. bank, there ought to be a law in place that you can't discriminate based on political be belief. You can't discriminate based on on skin color, on gender, on on political not just political belief, but but on on on, on type of businesses. You, if, if if someone comes to the bank, you should sit there and, and 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 be able to open an account up at the bank, and you shouldn't get into situations where people are putting their politics. Where CEOs are, are put, this is, Bank America is a major bank in the United States. It's a critical institution. It's designated as one of one of a very small number of of institutions. If it was to fail, could bring down the economy. And for 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 executives at the top of these companies to be involving themselves in politics is just inexcusable. Bank America should apologize for their anti-gun stance. It's completely unacceptable. And by the way. If you don't like guns, I understand that, and I'm not saying I'm not saying they should support. But what you have to understand with all of this stuff is it's actually not all gun owners. They just it's gun manufacturers. How you do is you use the strategy if, if with the socialists is you get the you know the camel's nose under the tent and you just keep working on you start something small like oh you're not going to support gun manufacturers oh no no we. You know, we're concerned. We had somebody uh, held up the other day, so we don't want to sit there and support that. Well, here's the problem. Where does Bank America stop? Where does Bank America draw the line? We're seeing the same thing with Google. We're seeing the same thing with Facebook. We're now seeing 
congressmen. We're seeing uh, conservative groups. We're, we're seeing basically normal people being shadow banned on tr- Twitter. We're seeing them banned on Facebook more and more and more. And these people, they, they, they basically seem to be just espousing their, their beliefs. And, and one of the core values of the United States of America is, fr- is freedom of speech. And what these companies are doing is they're, they're getting involved not so much with Bank of America, but with Google and, and Facebook. Make no mistake about it, they're limiting freedom of speech. And the problem is, where do you stop it? Where do you draw the line? And the line seems to be getting more and more and more moving into mainstream the United States. And this is a real concern. We don't live in China. We don't live in North Korea. And, and, and so we don't want the American people made it very clear from the very start. You know, people, nothing ever changes in the world. Nothing changes. The reason why we have the United States of America is because of what went on in Europe. These people came over from Europe, and they realized, oh, my God, we don't want to have a king lording over us. We don't want to sit there. We want to be able to own property. Property is an important thing to us. We don't want to have the the earls and the barons controlling all the property, and, and everyone else is a serf. We want the ability... We don't want – I don't want to – if I criticize the king, I don't want to sit there and have to go to the guillotine. I want to have the ability to criticize the king. That it was so important. That's why you have free speech in this country. This was – property values were so important. Guns. Why do we have, why do we have the gun why, – why do we have the amendment for the guns? The reason is is because our founders realized if people had guns, you could raise an army quickly to, to defend the United States – but also, you couldn't get a small group of people take over the country and then lord all over everybody else, telling them what to do, and they have no way to fight back. A democracy was very important so the people ruled the country, not an elite class. And this is something that, 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 that just goes to the core of this. And so when you have people like Bank America taking anti-gun stands, it's unacceptable. I mean, if you bank at Bank America, you ought to call them up. You ought to let them know you're not comfortable with this. And you should let them know you're not comfortable with, and you tell them is, where do you where do you guys stop? Where do you draw the line? It's now. Where is it going to be in the future? And the answer is corporate America. And we've been saying this needs to get out of politics. Corporate America needs to get out of of making of making policy in the United States of America that affects the American people. That's the responsibility of the government of the United States of America, the state government and the municipal government. It's not the responsibility of Bank America or Facebook or Google. This is a really, really big thing and, and because we're going to lose our country. I mean, these people fought for our country for 200 – when is it? It's 240 years now. I mean, and, and, and no other – nothing comes close to it. On, on planet Earth, nothing, where people want to go. You see everybody wanting to immigrate to China? They're all trying to leave. That'd be, people go, oh, well, China's better. No, everyone's trying to get out of there. It tells you something about a country if everybody's trying to get into the country. If they're trying to get out, it, it's kind of a clue that maybe it's not the best form of government or whatever. People don't want to be there. And so this is a real advantage in our country, and we should defend all of these rights, even if we sometimes don't agree with them, because if, if, if it's then, who's next, what's next? You know, uh, and, and, and that's the problem you run into with this type of stuff. It's a very slippery slope we're coming down. And I really, the reason I bring this up is I really feel the politics are going to be a major, major problem for the market in the next two years. I think it's going to be probably one of the meanest and toughest elections. You know, the, the only other time we've seen politics like this has been the 1960s, uh, before the Civil War. Uh, and we've always we've always had a battle in this country politically, but people kind of were able to get along. And to see this stuff happening is so disappointing. Ted, but we have a caller. We have Charles on the line. Hello. Okay. Hey, how you doing? You got a question hey, for us? Y- yes. Uh, and just to follow up with your comment, Ted, I I couldn't agree. I I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, I think that uh, companies need to focus on their products and services, and uh, I, I, I don't believe that politics should enter into any of this stuff. And as far as the gun business is concerned, uh, I think the message that needs to be given to the younger generations, namely, uh, well, I mean, all generations, baby boomers, Generation X, Y, and Z, uh, I think is this. If you don't like guns, I mean, as you say, it's that's fine. 
but don't give up your right to own one because really I think that the that our founding fathers the reason why they they gave us that right was not so much to just to protect yourself from the next guy but more importantly if you get the wrong people in government you still have a means of protecting because let's face it you could get a guy exactly. like a Nicolas yeah. Maduro that somehow weasels his way in there and next thing you know the whole place is, is turned upside down. And I think yep. that's what kind of keeps the Russians and the Chinese from coming into this country and landing planes at airports is because they know that the population is is armed. And so I, I just think that you don't want to give up your right, but as you say, if you don't like guns, that's fine. Some people do. They go target practicing. They Some people take their families and make it a family event, whatever the case may be. But Anyway, I, what I really wanted to call about, uh, sure. Ted, was just to uh, basically ask ask you about your opinion on the Chevron uh, merger. It sounds to me like, and, I, and I'm not exactly sure, but I think that Anadarko, I think their strength is really in deep water. And and although I understand that, that uh, Chevron was trying to look at the Delaware Basin, I guess, because of the acreage that uh, Anadarko has. What, is it, what are your thoughts on that merger? Do you think Chevron overpaid, or what's your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, okay. Hold the phone right there. Tell you what, we're going to go to a quick break, because I want to expand upon that. That's a great question, and we'll be right back right here on the Max Out Savings Show. Sure. The Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. The Max Out Saving Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. We're talking savings and investment in your retirement. Charles, you still there? Yes, I sure am. Okay, so we, we had a question on, on, on the uh, Anadarko, the, the Chevron takeover of Anadarko. Look, I like the deal. It's about a $30 billion deal, and it's uh, – they're going to own like about uh, somewhere between seven and nine percent of the company when they're done. The the Anadarko people, the Chevron, Anadarko's got some fantastic assets. They got the deep water, as you said, and that that kind of fits in with some, what Chevron's doing out there. They own some huge uh, acreage in the Permian, the Delaware Basin. Uh, I think some of that acreage they actually own fee clear, if I remember right. 
which simply means they own the royalties as well. And then they they have uh, a, uh, quite a bit up in the, uh, I want to say the Wattenberg, Nibrera, that, that stuff up in Colorado in that area right. that they also own. And this goes back from, uh, from uh, buying some companies, I want to say Union Pacific Oil or something, where they actually had the, they owned the, the fee acreage. So I think it's an extremely good fit. Uh, it, it lets them build uh, build up the uh, really get some real size in the Permian. They're already massive over there, and, and those are stacked. I mean, it, it, it's basically one one shale basin after another stacked up over there. So you, you, you've got probably 50 years or more of production. So I, I think it's, it's a good thing. Interestingly, I, I was talking to someone last week and about some takeover stuff, and uh, he mentioned Apache, uh, not Apache, but uh, he didn't like Apache, but he he mentioned uh, because the, the, the gas. But uh, he mentioned Anadarko. My comment was, I've been hearing that from twenty for tw- literally for twenty five years. I'm actually shocked Exxon isn't the person that made the bid, Charles. Well, actually, you know, uh, Ted, where you mentioned about Apache, in my mind, I'm thinking that you know Apache has got that area up there in Alpine, and uh, I mean it's a it's a it's quite a significant reserve that i mean they haven't they haven't done much exploration but apache's pretty strong not only there in the eagleford area and all but also over in egypt and and elsewhere in the north sea and and i, I got to honestly think that apache i think i mean i i you know the company kind of went kind of down in terms of once the i think the founder um, uh, mr plank had uh, had retired but I think they're getting their act together, and I honestly think, I think based on the properties that they hold, uh, it w- I would be surprised if somebody's not taking a hard look at Apache, to be quite honest. Yeah, we, look, full disclosure on this one, uh, we own Apache. Uh, we sold it a little while back, uh, and uh, at the end of the year, we bought Hess at the very end of the year, which has done spectacularly well. And then we, we rode them back up. It, and, and I wanted to reduce the weighting a little, so we sold the Apache uh, down some, but, but we really have done so well with Hess. Uh, the problem with Apache is the gas. It, the, 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 they've got fantastic stuff in Egypt, actually. It's really good stuff over there. Uh, it, it, as you said, they've got some North Sea stuff. They've got some other interesting stuff in South America. They've got some potential discoveries we'll have to see. Charles, you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still there. Okay, yeah, I, I really like that basin, and uh, but uh, the uh, I forgot the name of it off the top of my head. It's the uh, uh, the Davis Mountains, Davis, uh-huh. and and so the problem is that's all gas, and there's an excess capacity of gas. I think you're right. That is a very long lived basin. It's a huge basin. Uh, Apache has control of the whole basin, so. The one thing holding back Apache right now is the gas. Uh, we might get back in it over time, uh, you know, because it, 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 the Hess is getting up. We're looking, trying to figure out what to do with that. And, but uh, I like them all. I think you're going to see some more action in the group. Uh, and it will, it'll be interesting to see what happens, what finalizes with Anadarko. Uh, I'm very surprised Exxon didn't buy them. But, but this it, has been well, a takeover and, and, rumor for literally 25 years. And and just to follow up, your thoughts on maybe Conoco and Total? I mean, these other companies that are there, I'm just kind of wondering: are they going to just more or less try to compete on their own, or do you think do you see some consolidation with some of those as well? Total's a big enough company; it's a French company. No one, I, I think, no one's going to want to mess with that because it's just a big mess to try to get in France and do anything. But they, they actually, Total's got some pretty good scale, and they got very good properties. Uh, particularly in the uh, in the Eastern Hemisphere, uh, Africa, uh, places like that, they get some fantastic stuff. So, uh, I, Conoco might have to do so. Look, I think I, I think you're going to see something happen. In my office, I got a, a cartoon of Boone chasing. I, I think it's actually Phillips Conoco, Phillips sixty six. He signed it, and I, yeah. I, Look, I think I think this is going to trigger uh, quite a bit more consolidation in the business to some extent with some of the companies. You got your Marathons, you got your Conicos, you got you, you, uh, the uh, Occidental was rumored to be the other buyer 
for Anadarko. Right. Uh, uh, although I still think Exxon was in there somewhere. In uh, so you got you got EOG. You got a lot of companies that could do some that that could do some getting together now. So I, I think this is going to trigger uh, some more uh, consolidation in the industry. Yeah. Well, I think lo- I think long term uh, with respect to the gas, uh, you know, I'm only going by what Shell Shell studies said that basically around 2024 20, or 25 that that there's going to be such a shortage of gas. I mean, with all these export facilities and all, that maybe by then companies like Apache and whatnot may all of a sudden start to come front and center. Yeah, look, I, natural gas is really a, 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 for the future. Is going to be there for a long time, and I think those are great long-term reserves. Right now, we just have a lot of excess capacity. But by, by the way, just as an aside, all this oil and gas we found in the United States, you're seeing in energy-intensive industries like fertilizers and other types of business in chemical businesses moving back into the United States, even away from China, because they don't have the energy that we do. So, I mean, it's exciting things happening in the oil and gas business. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for your insight, uh, Ted. Okay, good question, Charles. That that was uh, that was uh, the the big takeover this week of of Anadarko again, thirty three billion dollar takeover. Uh, very large properties. Uh, Anadarko is 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 has got a lot of fantastic property in the in the uh, Permian, and 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 so does Chevron, and that's probably the best oil and gas basin in the world. So the. By the way, if you have any questions or comments, you can always call us at 713-339-1070 here on the Max Out Saving Show. This is a live show. And uh, looking at some of the other things out there, the you know, we, we, consider, we, we continue to see – look, one of the big themes out there is really what's going on with China, what's going on. And this is all interconnected to over the last if, – if you look at it, over since about 1960, well, actually 1980 to now, we've had massive world trade growth. It's kind of slowing down, and what's happened is China has taken a massive amount of the world of of the global trade in manufacturing and moved it to their country, and it's been pretty much of a one-way street. Manufacturing wages in the United States have not, on a real basis, gone up for 20 years. They've actually gone down, and that's starting to change, change now. And so, so what we're seeing is 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 we're seeing the manufacturing jobs come back. And, and this week, we uh, last week we had there's huge lines at the Mexican border because there's so many immigrants pouring across the border now that they're having to reallocate uh, border patrol resources from the border checkpoints to, to along the border to try to control the massive influx of illegal aliens that have been encouraged to flood the United States right now. That's backing up traffic. That's causing six 12-hour delays in traffic in the borders. And so that's making border cross-border commerce more problematic. Now, that's upsetting a lot of corporations and stuff, but this is a positive. It's just like no one has been sure what's going to happen in China. Donald Trump, about mid-2017, actually within the first six months, so I'd say maybe April of 2017, two years ago, said he was going to get a trade deal. We've been dragging it out, negotiating back and forth. It's gotten bigger trade deal. We've gotten much tougher. What this has done, and if nothing else, is it's forcing corporations to analyze how much trade they have with China. And if there is a problem in China, they could lose their entire supply chain, and it could wreck the company. So they're having to move stuff out of China now or have a second supply base, and they're moving things back to the United States. I'll give you an example. If, let's look at the Mexican example. Well, if you're not sure if the border is going to close down because of the illegal alien crisis down there, you're going to go, well, maybe we shouldn't move the factory there because we might not be able to get our products. Said we have Tom on the line. Then, then, then what you need to do is you need to sit there. You're going to have a risk that you might have problems with with the Mexican people, or you might not be able to get your stuff across the border. So it's going to force it's forcing companies all over the place to now reconsider what's called the supply chain, so to see how that they have a secondary source. And it's in uh, having a factory 
in the United States is now a positive because in the past, corporate America would say, well, look, I've got all these high, high wages, I've got high, uh, high taxes, I've got pollution control laws, I've got safety laws. I don't want to apply for any of that. If I go to China, I get all of that for, for free, so let's move everything to the United States. Now, what's happened is we're a low-tax country. That's a positive. The, we can, it's getting tougher to put, take border stuff back and forth across the border, so it's making it problematic that you can get your equipment in. I saw a show on TV on motorcycles driving around China. It's on Netflix or it's on Amazon. And the guy goes, oh, no, my, my BMW motorcycle broke. It's going to take me three weeks to get the, three, to get the parts into China because it's so hard to get them in. If you go to eBay right now, you can order things off of, off of eBay, and they'll come from China, and they'll be in this country at the end of next week. Well, it's too easy to get things into the country, and it's too hard to get things into China, and too easy to get things in the United States. That encourages people to move factories to China. We're changing that. That's positive for the, for, for, for the United States and positive for the growth, the long-term growth of the United States. So this rejiggering of trade is, is over time positive. This is why we have the best economy in the world today if you compare it to China, who, whose economy is in trouble, or Europe right now. So all of these things, these trade things, they seem like they're, they're, they're chaotic. They seem like there's problems, but it's forcing companies to put factories back here. It's forcing to hire workers. It's forcing people to give raises to workers, and it's forcing them to put new plant and equipment in the United States, and these are all a good thing. Ted, we have Tom on the line. Okay. How are you doing? you have a I'm question? Fine, yeah, good morning, Ted. Hey, I just wanted to follow up on the discussion you were having with Charles about this uh, Chevron Anadarko merger. Uh, yeah. I agree with you guys operationally. It probably makes sense, but financially it comes back to how much did Chevron pay. Uh, the market, you know, obviously the Chevron took a big hit yesterday, and that kind of tells me the market thinks they overpaid. And, uh, you know, I guess I wanted to get your opinion on that. And is the uh, fact took a hit, is that just a short-term blip or or is that uh, really a, a problem? You know, I, I, I tell you what, I saw uh, w there was one story somewhere, which I really kind of agree with a little bit, was that uh, I, I want to say, uh, what did they say? They said they have a $50 billion, is Barron's enterprise value for Chevron. You know, that's... that doesn't seem out of line with me. I think they got a pretty good deal for a couple reasons. Gonna, Hello. Is, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I lost it there Hello? for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry here. about that. Uh, we're, we're using a, a connection here that's a little uh, squirrely, but we're, we're get. Uh, so, so yeah, I think it's worth more. I think the synergies of the company are fantastic because they're kind of in the same areas and they're very uh, premier properties they're getting. Uh, they're paying. Uh, it, it's a stock and cash deal, so they're giving a lot of stock as well. So it, it's they're not. They're, they're still going to have a rock solid balance sheet. They're going to increase their stock buyback programs and probably their dividend. I think it's going to be an extremely good deal for them. I really do. Interesting. Why do you think it's uh, Chevron stock took such a hit yesterday? Uh, I think Wall Street doesn't like to see that. Uh, I think you got a lot of <laughs> arbitrage jurors that are that are buying buying. They're buying Anadarko and they're selling. Uh, they're selling Chevron because there's because it's a big stock package, and I think that's what you got. I if you ask me, I wasn't kidding when I said I've been hearing this for 25 years. Uh, I always thought it was going to be closer to 80 to 100 dollars. I'm, I'm surprised it went as cheap as it did. And, and by the way, the rumor was that Oxy was going to pay more, but they went with they thought the deal was better for Chevron. I saw I saw that in the paper. Yeah. Uh, you know, here a little while back, BP bought a bunch of assets from BHP out in West Texas. And, again, I thought that would be a good deal, but it doesn't seem to have, uh, you know, again, did they overpay it? didn't seem to come to fruition. Yeah, I think that at, based on the price, I, I always thought this company would go for, like I said, 80 to 100. I really, and, and, and their properties have actually gotten better. Uh, the, the, a lot of their properties don't even have royalty on them. Keep remember that, so they're oh, very wow. low cost properties because they got them with when, in the railroads when they did the land grants, you know, a hundred and something years ago. Mm. Well, it will be interesting to see how this all plays out. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, 
They've got a solid balance sheet. Yeah, well, it, like I say, it'll be interesting. Thanks for the input. Okay, thank you. Good, good questions on that. I mean, look, this deal right now, so we will have to see. Tell you what, we're taking a, got a quick break. We'll be right back here, right here on the Max Out Savings Show. The Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages. That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. AM 1070. This is a message to business owners. The strongest selling proposition is to get your customer into your store in front of your product. Now you can do that digitally everywhere with Salem Surround. Digital marketing that easily takes your business beyond its four walls. Putting your message on people's computers, tablets, and mobile phones everywhere. Your digital ad virtually puts them into your store in front of your products. Salem Surround takes the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. Call us at Salem Surround for a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggested ideas that could dramatically increase your sales. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers. Salem Surround, total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundhouston.com. Surroundhouston.com, connecting you with new customers. KNTH and K277DEFM, Houston, AM1070TheAnswer.com. SALM on the NASDAQ, a service of Salem Media Group. AM1070 and FM1033, The Answer. The Max Out Savings Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. We're talking savings, investment, and your retirement as always here on the Max Out Savings Show. If you've got any questions or comments, give us a call at 713 713- here on the Max Out Savings Show. The uh, get a question. Okay, we're doing remotely today, so uh, here, here's a question that, that that I got that is: If you move to a foreign country, we have uh, some of our clients retired from countries. If you move to a foreign country, can you take your IRA with you? And the answer is no. Uh, IRA is a, is a U.S. government account for all practical. And since they've given you the deductions, and it's a special account, so it has to stay here in the United States. And so if you, when you take money out, of course you can have the money sent out to you anywhere in the world, but let's say you take $5,000 out of your IRA and send it to Mexico or Brazil or, you know, wherever, then, then as far as the government's concerned, you have a $5,000 uh, $5, in income in the United States. So it's something to think about. It's something it applies. We, 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 from time to time, we see foreign IRAs in, in, in Europe. They're not really IRAs, but it's a different type of, of savings account, pension over there. And those things tend to have to stay. You can't transfer the IRA to a, uh, to a French savings account or to a Mexican IRA. It, it just doesn't that way. And, and so this is, this is something that, that we see from time to time with, with IRAs. Uh, it's a little more complicated. Strangely enough, things have actually gotten more complicated doing business around the world for individuals just because of the uh, anti-money laundering uh, 
rules that have really been put in place that have just become a real hindrance in, in companies, in financial institutions, banks, broke everyone is really a little bit more cautious, much more cautious when dealing with, with foreigners or people that are living abroad because they're so worried that they're going to somehow get ensnared in some type of money laundering rules and regulations. These, re- these regulations are really, they really hurt commerce from help. I mean, it's usually pretty easy to see who the criminal is in the first place, but it just tends to entangle just average working people. In, 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 it, it's kind of the thing. Uh, a couple other thoughts. Uh, we're, we're coming into the show, so if you have any questions or comments, uh, give us a call. This is the last segment, 713-339-1070. Oil is well above 60. It's looking very good in here. Uh, we, have, uh, we have real problems coming out of, out of Venezuela, of course, which is they're having people just literally keeping the lights on down there. Uh, and in, in, in Libya, and so Libya, there, there's a, a civil war going on, and they're, they're moving in on Tripoli, and this could also shut down the production there. So, so oil prices have actually done pretty well. In, and again, anytime we're $50 is really the number that the companies need to stay profitable or close to it. It depends on the amount. Above 50, they're doing most of the oil companies doing really well and things are very good. So we're in a pretty good spot here. Uh, we'll see how, how it There's a lot of fines coming out of the Permian, which is going to increase production out of the Permian later this year. So it was something to watch in, in what gets solved in Venezuela. I, I, you know, we're watching Venezuela very closely. That's going to be real quick down there. I, you've heard talk of, of 100, you know, they, they threw a plane load of Russian soldiers in, and then I heard two plane loads. There's probably 300 Russians in there or more. The Chinese have brought, have brought soldiers in there. There's probably, yeah, there's probably between, you know, two, 300 and 500 or more Chinese. There's several thousand, several thousand Cubans in there. It, it, so this, there's, there's a lot of foreign troops, Chinese, Russians, Cubans in there, and, and this thing can go back and sideways real quickly. I mean, if we just stand by and let every single government, let Russia and China manage, you know, maintain governments all over South America into socialism and communism, we're going to be in trouble real quickly. This is uh, this thing could go bad real quick. You know, so we need to watch, I, I think, keep an eye on Venezuela. But oil prices right now look pretty good. Uh, we're in a sweet spot, and, uh, and, and we'll sort of see. The, the problem with some of our oil stocks are getting near really our targets. So we're kind of wrestling with, with what do we do with them now. And so so we'll uh, – that's the, the, the thought. Uh, higher oil prices, darker, has really pushed up oil, price, oil stock prices. Now, the other thing to keep in mind, we're coming into earnings. We, we had J.P. Morgan's earnings, first one, the banks were the first, really good earnings, stock jumped up. Uh, the question is, how good did hold through for the quarter? Uh, keep in mind, we had a government shutdown. We had a very cold winter. I think we had a lot of earnings disappointments in here. Uh, we had the headwind last year of, of lower taxes, so almost everybody reported really nice earnings gains. I just, I don't happen now. And so this is something we're just going to have to kind of watch and, and, and really see see what's going to go on from there. And, and so um, it, that that's something that we want to kind of continue to watch. And see. But I don't I don't think to hold up. The market's high. It's had a very big run in here, and we're really I, I think it's going to be tougher. I think the earnings you get some headwinds in earnings. It looks like the, the interest rates have stabilized and go up some. And I really think if you look at, at the S&P 500, you've got about 40 to 45%, 43%, 44% of the earnings from overseas, depending on what study you're looking at, come from overseas. Well, China, China is really, their economy has slowed down tremendously. And, and Europe, surprisingly, has really slowed down. I mean, we've talked a lot about the slowdown out of Germany. Uh, the Brexit in the U.K. has been very disruptive over there. I mean, it turned into a, a, a body so, if we have a question, and and the other the other question we have again some feedback over here. The, the other thing we have is is in Italy. Italy the economy is slowing down some. 
the, the, their interest rates are starting to break out a little to the upside, and they're not happy at all. So there's an enormous amount of, of back and forth in Europe. So we're the best place to be, but a lot of these S&P 500 companies are doing business over there. So, so I, I think I'm a little cautious in here overall with these markets. Uh, I, I do think they're, they're coming up particularly into the political season, which I think is going to be the roughest maybe the Civil War, I think you want to be cautious. It is very targeted in investing in general. So the other thing that I wanted to sit there and touch base on is is with as far as retirement and and, and where to go in the fixed income market. We, we we've done a lot of our philosophy is really we have a flat yield curve. And this lets us keep rates very short-term, keep bonds short-term, because the rate, flat yield curve means that the, that the interest rate I'm getting on a bond or a CD is almost the same for one year as it is for five years or ten years. It's pretty close, and that's called a flat yield curve. Typically, if you invest in a bond or a CD, every year you go out further in your maturity, you pick up a little bit more yield. And oftentimes it's two, three points higher, 300 basis points higher, which is a lot. Not this, so they're flat. And, and, and the other thing we're looking at is, is we believe corporate America way too much debt. It's really fascinating. Chevron, the rock solid balance sheets out there, is, is the majority of it's, it's the stock. They're not harming their balance sheet very much. It, where a lot of the biggest, if you talk to at the IMF, if the Bank of International Settlement, the Federal Reserve, and even the big banks that came up at the up at, at the uh, House Financial Affairs uh, meetings this week, is the the biggest concern a lot of people have is the debt in corporate America, which has gone to some of the to record high levels. And the real fear is is that too many companies have taken on too much debt to buy back stock. It, it, and, and so this is we're trying to stay. We're minimizing our corporate sector, and we're maximizing government bonds, which are safer and more liquid. And I think you want to continue to stick with that strategy. Uh, with the high-yield markets had a big run. I still think they're going to be in trouble as well. And so when you see trouble coming down the way, the best way to, to, to stay out of the trouble is to avoid the trouble. It's kind of like what your mom said. You know, just stay away from it. I mean, if you see, see these people who are going to be trouble, stay away from the kids are going to be the trouble. It's the same thing in the bond. And so, so again, I think going forward, you want to have short-term bonds. You want to have higher levels of cash. You want to be in solid companies with good balance sheets. Uh, we're actually came close to buying one Friday. Uh, actually, uh, you know, I'm kind of worried that it might jump up Monday. Again, we're looking, but it's a company with very solid balance sheets, very low P/E ratio, and it pays a good dividend. That's what you want to see in this market: companies that can ride through the next. Slowdown. It's been 10 years since we had a big slowdown. Uh, we're seeing a big slowdown right now in Europe, one in China, and somewhere in here eventually it's going to hit here. And so you want to kind of prepare for it. So anyway, any questions, 713-339-1070 here on the Max Out Savings Show. That's 713-339-1070. The, the other thing I wanted to touch base on is is really some of the big major trends out there. And I think looking forward, uh, some of the big trends out there, we actually, you know, I, I think over time we're going to see more renewable energy, but it's not going to be as quick as people think. And this is why we stuck with the energy sector and actually increased it at the end of the year last year when everyone was saying that the oil and gas sector was going to end in, in and within 10 years, I was about to uh, Cortez and company were all talking about within 10 years the, the oil and gas sector was going to be gone. And so that's just not a trend that's logical. That, there's just no way that can possibly happen, and, and it, it helped us quite a bit. I think the other one, I think cost reduction in health care is going to be a major trend going forward. Health care is clearly out of control in the United States, and we've made remarkable little progress. And it's always fascinating to me is this country is the most efficient country on the planet. 
we're the, we're the most innovative country on the planet. We're able to do things at twice the speed of anyone else at a bit, in a better job, and yet on a couple areas, education and healthcare, we've not been able to. And if you look at if you look at the inflation statistics, it, it's the highest cost: hospital services, educational textbooks, college prescription drugs, and care. And those are the highest inflation over the last over the last. 20 years. Well, that's really what the government's the most heavily involved in. This is, so, so I do think if you can come up with different ways to make money and to save money in healthcare, I think it's going to be another big megatrend going forward. Uh, another big trend, quantitative easing. We know, everyone knows we, we have the next uh, economic slowdown. The, the central banks around the world are going to flood the system with money in quantitative easing. That's why for precious metals, another So you want to get in these big trends. Tell what we're coming up in the show. Those are the big trends. You want to try to get in. If you want to hear more about this, one way you can participate in the Max Out Savings Show is go to the website, sign up for the free newsletter. It is free. We don't call you. It's maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com. And, and you can uh, request the free report or you can request the down with me and I'll go over your financial situation to see how you're set for retirement. So if you need some help, go to the website, maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com. And remember our motto philosophy also is to save aggressively invest conservatively. That's the for building up wealth over the long term, to save aggressively invest conservatively. And you want that, you apply that if you simply put away the 10% plus the match in your corporate plan or your government plan or whatever, that's going to be typically where you want to be for retirement. Once you do that, once you set yourself on that program, you'll be in good shape. So if you're not there, take the time to make the changes for the new year. And major changes are coming to the financial markets. I think you have to prepare. So if you need some help, just go to our website, maxoutsavings.com, sign up for the letter, or sign up and request an appointment. I'll sit down personally and we'll take a look at how you're set for retirement. So if you need some help, visit the website, maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com. And we'll see you next week right here for the Max Out Savings. I've been down around Houston, Texas. This has been the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka on AM 1070, The Answer. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.